Stand clear. 100% wild podcast. So for all you listeners, hello and welcome to definitely not your favorite outdoor podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Drury Outdoors 100% Wild Podcast brought to you by DeerCast. This is episode number 329, and we've got Matt Drury, of course. Tim Chalswick. And we've got a special in-studio guest. We are cleansing the palate after our game show episode last week. <laughs> Who's our guest today? And Michael Engelmeyer from Great Outdoor Studio. That's right. So I don't know about cleansing our palate. Doesn't feel like cleansing, but I'm Feels honored to be here. Pretty dirty. I'm honored to be here. It's not a cleanse. It's the opposite of a cleanse. Too much history there, Matt. Man. Well, he brought us venison. He brought us some elk meat. Yeah, he walks in. He's, he's got his son with him, and, and uh, he's, he's holding a couple pounds of ground and mm. something else, a steak or something with him. And, and we're like, hey, what's this? He's like, well... Well, go ahead. You take it from well, me. I mean, not to come in and just fire a couple shots over the bow, but it just seems like you guys aren't killing enough. So I figured <laughs> this is what wild game is. That is elk from Colorado. Elk. That's out there. Yeah. Yeah, that was a pretty good shot right out of the gate. Since you guys don't kill anything, yeah, I bring you that's what he said. I actually think I did say that. That's, that's what he I actually said. said. So you don't kill anything, I brought some. Sometimes uh, things are true, but you don't have to say them. Yeah, that's why I said it before the cameras rolled. So, ah, but we, you're, so you guys just brought it no up. No one will hey, ever know. Don't you call Taylor for that recipe on how to fix that? How, how to kill stuff or how to, well, how to make it? The kitchen? <laughs> Both. Yeah, that's Jeez. right. I, I should take cues from her. She's always a killer. I am never. <laughs> You're killing adjacent. Time, I thought you were going to well, say. That's, that's also true. I am and killing money. adjacent. I'm always next to someone who kills something, unless that someone uh, is Scott. Same. Same. Scott! <laughs> <laughs> Poor Scott. He he stepped in and did us a solid by being on the game show last yeah, so week. What, so what you don't know, because you probably didn't catch this episode, it's, it. it just just aired. We did a Jeopardy outdoor version of Jeopardy where I was a host and Tim went against Scott. Okay. It was as good as you think it would be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. High production it, value. It's as good as it it's, sounds. It's so funny because I literally opened social media. I saw you standing and I kept it going. I was like, Matt's <laughs> I standing. I, I don't know if I got to be standing. He's wearing a sports coat <laughs> and shorts. You and 99% of people <laughs> saw it, yeah. scrolled past it. I'm sure it was awesome. I'll watch it right after That's this. That's right. Yeah, I don't believe that. <clears throat> so you're in town in St. Louis. We've been trying to get I've been you, you and I have been texting back and forth for months about trying to catch up probably actually years about having you come into the studio while you're in St. Louis and shooting one of the podcasts. And your family's originally kind of from the area. Right. That's and correct. so you still come to visit your brothers uh, still around this area. So you come to visit from time to time. It just hadn't worked out up until today yeah it's weird with uh, with our schedule we'll wind up in dallas as much as st louis and everybody thinks we're up here but this sucker worked out today i'm happy to be here it's fun you guys do a great job by the way despite what you say you do a great <laughs> job thank you is it's uh, highly entertaining and informative well i have yet to see the game show but <laughs> I, well you might take back all of what you just said <laughs> right? i'm not saying this show I, is I gonna actually, actually be good i general. actually thought the game show was informative i didn't know half the answers which is why Neither i was the we. host <laughs> So, we didn't decision. know him either. Yeah. We should thank our, our like Miranda Figer. She turned in some questions. A couple of other rack, uh, John, of our rack pack members John something. Yeah. turned in some questions. So we appreciate that. And if you guys want us to do it again, send in some more questions and we may do one. This we talked fall. about it afterwards. I thought once we got done 
filming and I thought, boy, this sucked. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then I watched a little bit of it and I'm like, you know what? It's kind of entertaining from a, the sucks perspective entertainment, you know? Uh -huh. And, uh, I thought we should do one during the rut, a rut related question, jeopardy question, you know, and it could be fun. So every once in a while we'll pull back. Well, out, yeah. With the off. listeners chiming in with the questions yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, absolutely. Yeah. Well, while we have you in here, you know, there's a bunch of stuff we can talk about. We got a lot of history. <laughs> so the background, um, you've been in the industry how many years now? This is 30. Oh. 30th year. Wow. So uh, you are based out of Springfield, Missouri. Yes, sir. And you've done a lot of work, obviously, with Bass Pro Shops and, and have a long history there with those guys. But in general, within the outdoor industry, you've done a lot of work for a lot of brands that people would know. A lot of the ads that you've seen, you know, in the magazines that you followed, especially you know, five, 10 years ago, when that was a much bigger part of your business, that was, you, you were, you, you couldn't flip through a magazine and not see a Michael, a great outdoor studios picture, right? Yeah, it was good for our ego. But as you're driving down highway 44 and look up at the, at the billboard, you never go, who shot that? Yeah. You know, you, no, no, but no, it's good knows. for us to yeah. look at and go, wow, we're, we're doing all this great stuff. We springboarded from Bass Pro, give them all the credit. Uh, starting out internship, get right in the trenches. There was only two people in the video, entire video production department, just a couple in the stills. And I kind of bebop between there starting out. And I learned the technical aspect of it, even though I knew I wanted to graduate and move on. From there, I came back to St. Louis and I was starting to do stuff in Chicago and starting to do stuff in St. Louis. Very thankful for St. Louis too, to help get started. And my true love has always been going back to the creek. My true love has mm -hmm. always been shooting a bow, my true yeah. love. But I'm in the fashion industry, so I'm in really two different sectors. At the, in the meantime, the archery rep industry was going really strong, and I got this great piece of paper. And I'm going through this piece of paper. I'm like, man, am I going to wind up in the archery industry, or am I going to wind up in the photography industry? Because neither of them are breaking that good. Mm -hmm. And um, my one buddy got a great rep job in the archery industry, and he gave me this piece of paper, and it had Mark's name on it. And that is how we first connected because I'm going through there. I'm like, Indiana, Pennsylvania, St. Louis, wait a minute. I'm like, oh, I know that Mark. So I just called him. I just called Mark. That was the very first. And he was awesome. I'm young. He's younger. And he starts steering me in the direction. And I'm like, okay, I think I can do this. So I start actively moving to the archery industry. And then what happens, of course? The photography stuff blows up. You get one client, two clients, three clients yeah. in a matter of months after struggling for a couple of years. And what, what year, like around? That would have this? been 94. Okay. 94. Right. So I got champion boats, which for, in the bass boat industry was kind of the Porsche of boats. Sure. Literally from just helping out somebody in a studio. Mm -hmm. And I knew the industry and they kept hiring and missing on people to do it. They're hiring like the St. Louis Cardinals photographer and they're, they're hiring this. And I'm like, well, I kind of know how to do boats. The boats are very different. And she called me that night and offered me the whole job in somebody else's studio. So I cut him in 50% because I didn't even have gear. I didn't have the, I didn't even have the stuff. <laughs> Can I use your camera? So, so we're going to use your stuff. You'll be the assistant. Rolls have flipped, but then all of a sudden the ball gets rolling. And then as soon as you get mm -hmm. champion, it's like getting Porsche. Then all of a sudden the other ones go, well, he's doing that. And then I thought if I get one more client, I'm going back to Springfield, our alma mater right there. That's right. Is we're going to go. State. Yes. Missouri state at the time, Southwest yeah. showing my age. That's right. Is we'll go back where all the lakes are. Cause I just kept commuting back and forth at this time. The fashion thing was getting a little weird. I had to go to Milan. I had to go to Phoenix, which is okay. Chicago. And I'm not saying I'm not judging, but it was getting a little bit weird in the mid nineties and the 
fashion mm-hmm. industry, watch the Versace documentary, highly recommend it. And a so, cocaine. Um, yeah, it's just not quite, doesn't quite fit the lifestyle of where I wanted to see, and that is having a family growing up yeah. and hunting. Is it was <laughs> very, very opposite. Very, the exact opposite. I, I can't say I can't stress that enough on how opposite it was. Um, but it was fun for what it was. Um, then I just literally. Right after that, I had just woke up at four o'clock in the morning, get up early, get up early, son, mm. get up early is I got up real early and I drew up a business plan and I was like, I know the people, I know the stuff, I know everything. And I drew out a boat, a fishing reel, a gun, a bow, a guy in a tree stand. And I had the name great outdoor studios. And literally from that day, that moment on, I've been busy. That's cool. Yeah. So it's, it's one of those weird, really weird things. Like I, I feel like a little predestiny right there, mm-hmm. a little, little. Yeah. Um, and it's been wonderful. The last couple of years, it's of course slowed down, but everything's pivoted. Everything's changed. DVD sales are different. Yeah. Is and you pivot don't exist. Yeah, by, by different. I mean, don't exist. Yeah. Is, but you pivot, you know, you pivot and so, you do things. So here's part of that. You know, the reality is as you were getting rolling, uh, it's a small industry. Right. And so word of mouth, you know, it's like, Hey, we use this guy on this set and this, you know, and it starts rolling that way. Like you get a lot of business from people that know somebody at another company that knows somebody at another company mm-hmm. and, and you become the guy, you know, there was only probably a handful of you, right. Two or three that, right. that, that everybody kind of went to. And so at that point you're like you said you're rolling but here once i'd say once dslrs became so popular and so mainstream and a lot easier to run then you know because it was was very technical when you started out and as that became that it was it became more digital and you know anybody could pick one up and then even from there something as simple as the iphone you know as that's evolved it's crazy how that changes the things that you guys do are, are the clientele that you use because our industry is notorious, notoriously on the cheaper side yep. of, of marketing. Absolutely. And, and so it's like, Oh, okay, well maybe we could do this on our own or our Joe's son, Jim, he knows how to do this. Let's use him now. So once that happens, where do you pivot to on your business? It's Cause a, I know for us, like DVD sales go away. Well, we had digital, we had social, we still have TV shows. You know, for you, what is it? I remember when during that time, because I talked to your dad and you and I talked quite a bit yeah. is we're in this writing of the ship. You know, where does this whole thing pivot yeah. as far as the imaging, as far as where, where stuff is going? And for us, it became extremely simple. Here's the photographer tip for anybody that's willing to do it or interested in doing it or crazy enough to do it is um, it became all about gateway to entry is the more difficult the gateway to entry, the more we're embracing it, mm-hmm. okay? So automatically, right out of the gates, we knew with all of the hunting shows that are flooding Outdoor Channel Pursuit and all everything else, we knew that the cameraman sitting in the tree with the Sony is watching the sun come up, the leaves are perfect November, changing, backlit, really pretty. That guy's gonna shoot the picture of those knocks or the boots and send them in, and all of a sudden we've got these uh, these vehicles to, to share imagery. And so we, th- we we just thought that stuff goes away immediately. Is Because I always felt it was ridiculous. I'd fly out to um, somewhere out west mm-hmm. and shoot pictures, and I'm like, this, is like, this isn't going to last because it's not that hard. But yeah. they were overwhelmed by the, 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 the perceived um, technical aspects, which they were in the first 
and definitely in the DSLRs. It's not until really recently where it became very um, simple, more like an iPhone. Yeah. Um, so what we did is we pushed for the gateway to entry, meaning especially boats, which are highly technical. Um, you have to have big budgets. You have to have big studios. You have to have tower boats. You have to have a lot of insurance. And for us, boats is where we started, and boats is kind of where we're ending is – um, because it's easy to screw up boats. You can't fake it. Mm. You, you have to have a ton of experience. Um, a lot of the stuff where the backpack goes over the back and he's walking out of the woods, we're, you guys are going to gather it. You're going to yeah. get it right then and there, mm -hmm. and it's going to be good enough. Yeah. You got a, what, a 48-hour shelf span, really, when you're running social, maybe 24. So you're peeling through things as opposed to the, quote, old days sounding old, where, oh, my gosh, we've got this chunk of money we're going to do these four ads. They have to exist all year. Yeah. This catalog has to mm. exist. So there's so much more weight on it. Like it's got to be perfect. Um, now you just eat right through it. So for us, it was pivoting into the stuff that was extremely difficult using our uh, experience and those existing relationships. The larger the companies, the slower the change. And um, they value it. The, the budgets are there. And, you know, you always felt bad if it's some guy who's developed a choke tube, a new choke tube for turkey hunting, and they want it to look great. And it was like, mm, it's going to cost you a lot of money. Yeah. Well, those guys, you know, they're going to go away as soon as they can do it themselves. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and likewise, we never wanted to, to do that. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's too small scale wise. And, and you, you would have, you know, a decent amount of overhead because you had big building for your yep. studio. And, you know, you go, like you said, you had all the insurance. There's a lot. When you go to a company like yours, there's, there's a lot to it. So you got to have a bigger budget to, to go after, to run after. They expect it. So when the clients and, and I mean, national or international clients, when they call or they contact they expect X amount of insurance. Yeah. They expect mm -hmm. X amount of things because they know that if they flood their people or fly their people or, you know, everybody's got to have their hand in it, that they really, really want to make sure things are, I's are dotted and T's are crossed. Yeah. And some of your yeah, bigger no clients, like Toyota and some of the big boat clients, I mean, these are Toyota, big, Yamaha, big Mercury, they're, they're huge brands. And we're <laughs> extremely thankful because they're, they are very loyal. Yeah. They're loyal yeah. and they're yeah. good people, good people. A lot of people's perception is that, uh, the bigger the company, the more corrupt they are. And uh, honestly, at the end of the day, a lot of them are good people and, and just as easy to work with as the smaller clients. Yeah. And so um, we've been, like I said, we've been super, super blessed. And we do have really, really good clients and just want to keep servicing them. I don't see us retiring uh, at all. And I don't even know if this is boring or not, but I don't see us retiring at all. But we'll just keep servicing clients till can't. Okay. Zach, is this boring? We got a studio <laughs> audience no. of one yeah, today. <clears throat> How bored are you there? Well, all right. So uh, that gives us the good background. Yeah, but that's the background. That's, that's what I wanted to do. Now I want to get into a couple of the stories, the old stories from <laughs> Mark and Terry, because there's plenty. Yeah, he's filtering right now <laughs> mentally. <laughs> I feel sunburn right here. Yeah, yeah that's right. It's, it, the pressure's on. Because, I mean, you've been on a lot of shoots with those guys, especially yeah. early, like, you know, in the mid-2000s to – you know, 2015, probably through that decade, we did quite a bit together. Mm -hmm. It was. Do you want to bring up these stories? Or do no, no, I'd like, you to, I'd like you to tell them. That one's plausible deniability here. The, the thing that I, so there's always this, at least there was this perceived intention of a Hollywood production, no matter where you're going, when cameras come out. It's sure. like, you know, people, oh, the cameras are out. Now we just grew up with them. Like, Zach, you know, they grew up with them. But before that era, it was like the camera's out. People choke up, people lock up. And so there's always a lot of stress. We'd work with big ad agencies, and they'd fly in. And, and um, the, the 
really the best part. And I'd known Mark through talk, and I'd known Mark, you know, fellow St. Louis, fellow Cardinals fans, fellow all, all of this stuff. So you got that hometown connection. And they said, we're going to end this leg. We're shooting Babe Winkleman and Hank Park. Yes. We're shooting people all over the United States. And it was like um, seven people in six days in seven different states. It was like an insane Jeez. thing. But we ended off here in Chesterfield. We yeah. ended off. Yeah. And, and I'm like, oh, thank God we're going to end. In the summer, right? <laughs> Dead of summer. <laughs> and but it was something for, and I probably shouldn't mention the old clients, but it was an fine. optics company. And, yeah. and so, um, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be a breeze. Get to end with Mark and Terry. And I showed up, and we were out on um, some Missouri River bottom. We were out somewhere, found found some spot. And it's like walking into it. I'm like, okay, the heat's off. We've made it through everything. And those two guys were on 11. They were on 11 to haze me. And it, it was. I, that sounds odd. Yeah, I know that's a shock, right? God bless your guys' hearts. Is, and so I'm, I'm getting it from both. And, and the client doesn't know that we kind of know each other. They, oh. The client, and, and he's really kind of like, what's what, happening what here? What the heck is going was on? Was it Chevalier that you yes, were there with? Yes, it was. So that yeah. was the agency that Nikon always used at the time. Out of Lake Oswego, Oregon. Yeah. So they yeah. had come in from Oregon. And I, like I said, I lo- love those guys. Uh, not it, But he, who, who was it was there? Robin. Okay. Robin. And so Robin, did. he's like, these guys are kind of hitting Mike with bullet barrels. And I'm just kind of rolling with it. And it, I'll never forget this. I had a tilt shift lens on a fancy like that. And they're all balled up in an uncomfortable situation. Everybody's sweating. And um, at that point, and I hadn't said much, but Mark goes, uh, Mark says, so why don't you, he starts giving me a little photography advice. Okay. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and, and, and I stop and I go, here's an idea. I got a great idea right here on the set. I, go, I got a great idea. How about you focus on killing big deer and let me focus on taking the picture? And I thought the client was going to die. I, he's just like, oh my. And of course, Mark and your dad are dying laughing and he's just shrinking into like the our photographer just snapped oh, on, on the celebrity. It, and I'm like, no, we, we know each other like that. And he's like, Oh, he's like, are you sure it's okay to talk to him like that? And immediately, I'm the only guy that gets away with it. Your dad goes, I like him. I like, him. and we've kind of been worked together because it's the same thing. It's what you see, gang, is what you get with this crew. Yeah. Is there's no airs, there's no airs, and it makes it fun and it makes it like family. It yeah. does. It, it does. And there's plenty more of those. Usually, I'm the one getting hazed. That's what it historically it, it, been. Yeah, if, and if you're not getting hazed, then you're not part of the crew. That's that's true. And we've had. You know, you came out to, we did uh, Dream Season Celebrity when we went out to Hadley Creek so long ago, and you yep. came out for that. And I mean, we, there was just, there's been so many times you came out to, uh, we shot here. We used to shoot for PSE all the time, yep. went out to Arizona, Tucson. I mean, there, I, I mean, there's probably 20 times you shot us, I bet. A lot of fun history, and it was cool because the collaboration within the family allowed maximum creativity, and I think we did some just awesome stuff just yep. by brainstorming over a couple margaritas or at Mexican, and, yeah. and, and uh, it makes, that's the stuff that really, really makes it fun. Some of that stuff that we did for, it would have been Nikon. That that was where we came up with that kind of superhero look, wasn't it? Yep. Or did we rip that off of what we did for the the DVDs? I don't remember actually now. I don't. I think it was DVDs first. <clears throat> DVDs. So we came up with the. You came here. We came up with an idea to. I shoot. think they saw it from us, 
and then That's wanted right. to do it. Yeah. 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 We yeah. came up with an idea. One of our posters over here has it where it was kind of like the, at the time it was like a movie feature. It was when yeah. Marvel, yeah. it was when Marvel really started get blowing up a little bit. It's when that first came out. Cause when I saw that, I think it was Captain America. It was Captain America. Yeah, Cause you sent it. You said, let's do this. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I don't know how, but let's do it. Let's figure yeah. it out. And, it yeah. was at the time. It was pretty, pretty cool. Of course, we always ripped off all of our ideas from mainstream you know, we weren't inventing anything. <laughs> sure. But, well, I think that, that in that, our industry, it was always ahead of everybody else. You know, I think that you guys were smart, very, and are smart very much in that you do not um, plagiarize and cannibalize within the industry. Is we don't even watch what others do in the no, industry. Yeah. <laughs> you do your own thing, and you're inspired outside of it, and it's shown, and that's why the um, it's so you guys are so less affected than anybody, and it winds up translating into a leadership role. It was, uh, we had some cool, cool stuff that we got to do together though. The, the fun, the funnest thing that I recall is when, although the Hadley Creek thing was pretty fun with those celebrities yeah. in, in camp. Because Especially of, when I knew like none of them. Well, I, I knew you, Wainwright. Yeah. Like, Wainwright. You took a picture of Wainwright and Tim Sylvia and you know, so they're all, how giants. tall are you? Six, seven, six. Well, yeah, six, it was Tim Sylvia and Wainwright, which were, I'm six, eight. They're about the same. Yeah. And Sylvia's a monster. Yeah. And so we got a picture of those three and me. <laughs> Here's little man. We're like yeah. setting our drink on Matt's head. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty good. Well, the, the, the actually a funny story on that was, if you remember Aaron Lewis, yeah. the lead singer of Stain, I, you know, out of context, you don't think rock star, right? And of course mm -hmm. I was familiar with the music. It was kind of drizzling. It was kind of raining. And he was last. The two, there was like a, a police officer and maybe a guy that got back from the war, a veteran? A veteran, a yeah. Veteran. Uh, from the jury team you, that were paired with him. Huge respect, and we were just shooting the bull, and all of a sudden this guy comes walking in. He's not wearing the right clothes. He was, yeah. Like that. And Aaron I'm was kinda, tough. Yeah, he was a little tough. And I'm going, um, I'm focusing on the veterans. I'm focused on that. And I, don't, I just didn't recognize him out of context. And then finally mm, he's like. This tattooed guy that smelled like weed. Yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> Are we going to shoot this picture? We can talk all day. And I'm like, okay, who's this guy? Who's this guy? You know, like that. And then I like text back home and I'm like, oh, uh, oh, that, that, exactly that's like, the, <laughs> he's a rock star. This is a client I can't yeah. speak to that way. Yeah. <laughs> the guy that is acting like a rock star is a rock he, star. He, he, and the funny, he told me that on the phone once he was the shows were airing and he was pissed at the way he was being portrayed, which was just how he, it was, we were just portraying him how he was, you know? And he's like, you know, I, I'm not getting enough screen time and this and that. And I sat there and listened, you know, I'm a 25 year old kid, you yes, know, sir. I, and, and I was just sat there and listened to him and, and, uh, he was I'm not trying to be a rock star, but I'm a effing rock star. <laughs> I'm like, or I'm not trying to sound like a rock star. I was like, yeah, got it. Hard to argue with that, sir. Well, and we're like, where's the tour bus fit into Hadley Creek? It's yeah. the first time the tour bus oh. is out in the, you yeah, know. Yeah, he brought uh, the tour bus it, with him. It was, um, that, that was... I had, I had to get hunting clothes and a bow for his driver because he called me ahead of time. He's like, I want my driver to hunt while he's there. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. not on camera. Not. So I had to get gear and clothes, fully outfit the driver. I remember his name was Dino. And so yeah. just, yeah, I went on that tour bus, which was. Thank God for autofocus because I just walked in the tour bus and it was like Spicoli. <laughs> yeah, it was very much. I'm not. I'm not the. Uh, I'm not. I'm not that guy. Uh, it was. It was fun. It was interesting. But the funnest, I think, we time we ever had was filming the interviews for um, uh, King of the Spring, the TV show. When we did that, 2012-ish, I think, 11 or 12, oh. and. Uh, 
there too at the time we had a budget because outdoor channel hired us to produce the show so we actually had a budget for once to kind of produce it a little more high end so this is before drones were really mainstream so we <laughs> had to hire a, a a helicopter out oh, of geez. Chesterfield here and we put Aaron Bennett on the helicopter and Aaron because you know, veteran and Marine you know yeah. you, and at the time was filming for us so we put Bennett on the helicopter with a with a regular hunting camera and Bennett filmed the way up from St. Louis and let me tell you it was expensive to oh, hire gosh, this guy to I film from St. Louis to come up and then Ingi got in the helicopter and was filming, you were trying at first, I think, what your DSLR, big long lens and all that. Yeah, we had it, two cameras. Colton was there as Yeah, well. Colton, that's right. And uh, it wasn't, for some reason, it just wasn't the look or wasn't turned out right. So you ended up using our hunting camera yep. and you filmed everything from our hunting camera. Yep. And it on, looked good. It looked great. Huh. And and the crazy part was the the videographer, or the... Um, pilot was flying too low to the neighbor's farms and we didn't give anybody a heads up you know that we were doing this and <laughs> like, what's happening and, and so we got the police called on us Aww. the sheriff called on us and they get sheriffs came out and maybe a state rod i don't remember and they came out lights you know going and we had a we had to land the helicopter and of course terry knew the the sheriff really well and it's, uh, it's at that good. point that they decide to ratchet up to the next level and go okay everything's okay let's start hazing them and that's what happened too <laughs> Yeah, Walked you. In. They hazed you. They hazed me. Yeah. yeah exactly. So, so dad knew the guy, the sheriff, and and of course he didn't. And Mike here didn't know that, and and so they pulled a prank on you, right? I walk in. I'm kind of disheveled. You know, it's early morning. It's everything, and we're doing fairly dangerous stuff. You know, low and and um and. The guy says, uh, who's involved in the, and, I, and I'm like, me, sir, you know, <laughs> and then he starts, me? he's kind of grilling me. And uh. I remember sitting there, I'm listening to him. I'm like, and everybody's sitting around looking right at me. And <laughs> Do I need I, a lawyer right now? Yeah. And I'm like, man, I've done this a ton. And this is the first time I've gone through this. And then he started asking me questions yeah, permits. about permits and flight paths. <laughs> and boy, where did you file? And I go, I said, sir. <laughs> I'm the photographer. <laughs> like I remember saying that and people started laughing because I'm like, I have nothing to do with flight. Plan. I don't even know what a flight plan is. <laughs> and he wouldn't let up to his credit. And then your dad started laughing. Then yeah. they started laughing. And then all the rest of the weekend, it was, <laughs> I'm just a photographer. <laughs> it's a tough crowd to it's be a around. Very oh, tough yeah. crowd. And yeah. we, we tried. So you take it for granted now because these guys use our drones. They're, they're so talented. You got, you know, right. drones are such an now pretty easy thing and, and common thing for these guys that you, the videographers to use. And at the time to get the kind of shots that we were wanting, like I had a certain vision of what kind of shot I wanted. I don't know if you remember, we were down in Booner sure. Bottom mm -hmm. and Mark and Terry were coming mm -hmm. up the, the top part of Booner Bottom and we wanted the, the helicopter to come up out of the bottom and then fly over them as okay. they're coming down. It was just, at the time, it would have been a really awesome looking Definitely shot. I think I'm in Hollywood or something trying to direct this direct thing. It, yeah. It's their budget. And, and, <laughs> yeah, and now, you know, that's an easy shot relatively to oh, get. Yeah. But man, with a helicopter and... You know, and, and he's in it filming and kind of hanging out the side. I remember, I think you had a, a hunting safety harness Did. is what you put on Jeez. and hooked into the helicopter with. That's right. Hanging I, off the side of it. A little hillbilly ingenuity. Definitely. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's Definitely. how he did it. A little Prusik <laughs> knot to loosen it up. You know? How does a helicopter fit into the levels of intrusion? <laughs> well, this is property. turkey season. <laughs> oh, yeah, Anything goes during turkey Jeez. season. Actually, wasn't there a complaint from somebody that was laying out or there was some bathing naked
naked or something. Remember there was a neighbor yeah. or something. That's where that, I just, just yeah. jostled. And, yeah. and we really got in trouble because we scared the, the neighbor's cattle, that uh, right. unintended oh, yeah, consequence. Yeah, yeah. And it really teed, teed off some people, some of the neighbors. And so, uh, that's why the sheriffs initially got called out, but man, that it was, it was a fun, it was a fun weekend. And you know, that show's still my favorite we've ever done. It, it just turned yeah, out really funny. Very well done show. Yeah. And the opener was cool. I do think, and I sound so old, and because you can't tell, but I do feel like when you see the old Hollywood or you see the helicopter shots, there is a, a that same sort of feel to them that is different from the drone. The like drone, big, it yeah. bigger. It's, it's a bigger. bigger. It's a, a drone always does the same thing. They go up real high and then they shoot the straight down. Yeah. You know, they shoot those drone shots. But that sort of swooping stuff that we did on King of the Spring yeah. just it felt grand. We were was, following the trucks with the Humvees yep. on the back yep. and you know getting. We were getting shots to be able to fill in to the entire production, all 13 edits, we had to get a variety of shots to make it feel like they were different scenes to, uh, sure. to help tie, mm -hmm. hey, Mark's in you know, North Missouri, or he went to Iowa, or he's driving here, and he's yeah, there's a deadline. So this was filmed, I believe, yeah, it was filmed after we had shot the full season. You know, So we shot all the hunting, and mm -hmm. we knew kind of we had a storyboard of how the hunting turned out and yeah. how the competition turned out. And then we had a storyboard of here are the helicopter shots we need to help you know kind of dice in throughout it was pretty cool it was really cool i the older i get the less intrigued i am to hop in and do what we did but i'm sure. thankful that we did it yeah. when we did it we you got know. a picture of the crew the film crew standing in front of this helicopter i always see it in my memories it pops up on facebook every year and the comment you you had some snarky comment on the on the post and i said i'm just glad you didn't lose your head uh, you know about you know about what we were doing or something like that yeah everybody cuz he's standing down. there and the blades are like by his <laughs> right mm. by his head that um and i remember bennett rigged up like a gopro on the outside of it and i had just known a pilot like every year that that those circles were real small on doing that mm -hmm. so everybody kind of knows everybody on the and on the helicopter side because it's a pretty tight group and they were all former vietnam vets that yeah. flew all of them were they yeah. all had shrapnel and um um, I remember, uh, I think Bennett was rigging up that GoPro or whatever it was at the time with a little cable and the suction cup and the pilot just kind of look at it and he's like, no, <laughs> he's like, that thing comes off, hits that, we're all down. And I'm like, yeah, get that off there. <laughs> yeah. And then he rigged it up again and actually he approved it. If yeah. you remember, yeah. cause we actually did get some footage. GoPro, yeah, yeah. Some cool shots from that from outside of it, but he just shot that down. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, get that thing off. I, I just felt like it was funny. I don't know why we did. I think it was so we could, cause I don't know that we had an easy way of telling the pilot where to go. Right. So we just had been a drive down there, get in with them at like 4 a.m. And they flew up. <laughs> it's like, it's, yeah, Aaron, go down there. Life changed real quick. He followed the highways up to your dad's place. Yep. He followed the highways. That's right. The life changes very, very, very quick. Yeah, now you can just drop him a pin. Yeah. <laughs> Literally exactly. in Deercast, Deercast, you can just drop him a pin. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, fun stuff. I don't know if it's interesting, but it sure was fun. Yeah. It was fun to be along on that ride. What I'm always curious about, this is stepping over into the fishing side, is how you get pictures of the boat in the background and a bass jumping in the foreground 
and and uh, you got a guy in the water. So, like, how do you get those shots? That is top secret information. Remember, I talked about the gateway to entry. No that if anybody watching. can do, it. okay, yeah. nobody's watching this. Yeah. It's no, math. You're good. It's math. <laughs> Put give math me a alive. Well, That's fake. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> some some form of some form of uh, a he's, stimulant he's alive. Well, drugged. and just yeah, you just drug up the fish. <laughs> now we actually kind of have it down to a science. It's a little weird. It involves a little Photoshop. But you're you are cheating for sure. You're not just sitting there. Well, Van Dam, is, you know, like <laughs> got it. Make time now. No, if anybody can pull it off, it is Van no. Dam because we actually have done it. We actually some of some of my favorites like Angie. It's gonna go, and then bam, you get you know. It. Well, it, I'm so, supposed to talk to him here in about an hour, actually. Yeah, he can get her done. Tell him I I texted yeah. him about midnight last night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he loved that. Is yeah, the the seasoned guys that have done it forever can figure out how to do it. But if you're yeah. working with new talent, like you want uh, somebody that's a model doing it, it's mm-hmm extremely difficult and it, and it winds up being a huge time suck if you're on a production schedule are you usually in another boat or do you have someone standing? starting a boat i get in the water okay yeah is and it, it just Life's depends wet. yeah uh, yeah I, i'm not afraid of the water is i take that back <laughs> there's a lot of places i shoot that i do not get in the water is especially yeah it's pretty it's pretty pretty nuts down there but i'll hang over and i um what i'll usually do is take like a PFD flotation uh-huh. device, yeah. and I'll set it down, and then I put the entire rig on that. If I'm not ah, using an underwater okay. camera, if I am using an underwater camera, it floats, and that's what I use most of the time. And then we have poles and whatnots, and our crew is has worked together for a super long time, so everybody kind of knows the drill and what mm-hmm. needs to happen. Sure. Um, what you do on a lot of that is you have a very short window of time because. We can all choose to do something over again, but that fish is going to do what the fish is going to do. So cold water is huge, 55 degrees. Try to get that number right around 55. That's Mm. the jumping temperature. Warmer water, they roll over pretty quick. We don't like to kill any fish. We're pretty proud of the fact that we may, we, if if we get a jump or two out of a fish, we let it go Mm. is we don't want it belly up. And, and it's just, um, we all care. That's kind of where we're all behind the fish, you know, from Bass Pro on down. Well, sure. it, it, it's got to make a different be- difference because you love the outdoors and you love the pursuit so much. That's also what you're shooting. Absolutely. So there's just a, a, a level of authenticity there because I, I I got a, like a, some kind of men's magazine in the mail and it was a, sure a guy. <laughs> the guy in the front was what wearing kind of men's it, magazine. It looked, it looked like a vest that he had just bought from J.C. Penney. Is that all he was wearing? He was holding a spinning <laughs> rod. He was holding a spinning rod with the reel upside down. Yeah. Are you sure it wasn't and, a Zepco? <laughs> It was absolutely not a Zepco. But but you look at stuff like that and you're like, eh, no one that was there knew what they were doing. These aren't legitimate people. It used to be huge. And that was what we always said was the basis for our business was the credibility. Because as fanatical as creating imagery or art is the same thing. If not doing that, then it's just the same thing. The little kid chasing squirrels mm. with yeah, a 22 yeah, yeah. is yeah. so to have that hybridization was really unique at the time because there wasn't a lot of shows. And so clients would say, we want this to look this way. And they'd bring in guys that could light it and do it, but they didn't know. And so we yeah. shoehorned in there. I definitely saw it because I showed up to a studio and all the spinner baits were upside down. All of the baits were upside down. And the guy's like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm like, dude, we're flipping all of this because this is all wrong. He's like, please do it. And I'm like, man, there's kind of a niche there. Mm-hmm. And so um, all of a sudden you come from the fashion world, which is as weird as the day is long. And you shoehorn over there and like, well, here's a guy that kind of wears camo, but he's kind of yeah. not, but he knows all the technical stuff and he gets along enough with people mm-hmm. to, to not embarrass us. And so they th- then about? you've got a, 
just got a niche. Um, that's how everything took off. And to this day, when that comes up, uh, especially with older folks, they said, Mike, I, when we can, we can see your pictures, we know it's your pictures. And that is like the greatest compliment that anybody, you know, can have. Same as the jewelry stuff. It's just there's that level of authenticity and, it's, and it is real. Um, I think that's why we all hit it off yeah. right away. Honestly, yeah. I, I do. So we, we went to Sturgeon Bay, uh, Wisconsin last year on vacation. And Great area. The guy that, uh, that runs the resort is also a pro walleye. Dale. Fisherman. Dale. Yeah. So, and I was on the website. We'd been there back in the, the mid-2000s walleye fishing with him. And I saw one of your pictures there. He had he had your photo credit there. I was like, oh, my gosh. I think he's all over the place. Yeah. Pretty Dale's cool. awesome. Dale and Karen are awesome. Great area. We just talked about going back up there. Oh. I didn't know you went up there. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Love it. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Kayak. You like kayak? Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to switch gears. So, the one thing, you, you kind of touched on it. You're... Big into the outdoors, that's your hobby in general. That's your your love, right? right. Fishing and hunting and, and archery and, and, and pickleball. pickleball. And How so old are you? This guy, he was on the Missouri, the Southwest Missouri State pickleball team, right? What? Racquetball. Racquetball. You guys were medalists or something, right? Three years. World champions. World what? champions. Yeah, 91. Did you know? No. No, you no. don't. Many layers over here, Tim. Jeez, <clears> he's like an, an onion. Like an onion. That's right. So... The outdoor side of things, he's got a farm there in that area that you live, right? North, and just north. Just north. And producing some really nice whitetails down there. And, you know, because you think about southwest Missouri, you, anybody that follows like Dr. Grant Woods and the Proving Grounds, I think he's on Proving Grounds too now. Like, it's a tough area. It's rocky soil. You're not necessarily getting the nutrients to grow the kind of giants that you see in North Missouri or, you know, Southern Iowa or, or those types of things. But I've always been fascinated with the management tactics that you've taken and what you've done with your piece of ground there to make it is what it is today, because it's, that's not the custom, that's not the average there. It's above average for that area. Consistently above average. <clears throat> so one of the things that I really enjoy were the, the scrape, like you always have these awesome reconics videos of blocks hitting those, the ropes, the scrape ropes and all that. And you know, what, I'd like to go through some of that because I was actually just talking to Tom Ware yesterday about he, he puts in a big uh, post that he gets at, you know, a farm and home that's kind of got the oil and stuff on it. And he puts them in the ground and mm -hmm. and he said deer just he puts them in front of every uh, blind he's got. And he said deer just annihilate him every mm -hmm. every time they just go. Straight Where's Tom? Is he, he's got a few places. He's got a place not far from here. He's got a place in Illinois. He's got mm -hmm. a place. That I used to have a place up in Iowa. So he, he has a few different locations. But um, I'm like, man, I can never get it to work mark and terry do it tree coys and stuff like that i i've tried everything scott's tried it we can't get it to, to consistently hit but you do and have tons of video and you got a really cool video where your shooter comes in he's hitting it you see an arrow you know you see an arrow on the, in the ground the deer runs off and then you see mike walk by and he he shot the deer and killed it so that was last year yeah, that was last year yeah October. so can i take us through your strategy with that so i will i will take the strategy and it, of course as anything is and i think anybody that's a student of nature will understand that um not an expert but an ongoing student and always going to be an ongoing student to the day i die and, but i'm fascinated some are d it. students some are a students some students <laughs> go to the front of the class and some <laughs> is hey some of the principal's office <laughs> i'm calling sick the um 
but getting so it a lot of it became trial and error for me and like i said not a master but it's just the 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 fascination the passion to be involved in it Mm -hmm. and to go let's try this didn't work let's try this didn't work so the reason why i was asking about tom is one thing i found with all my travels to the united states and you ought you somehow gravitate like Kevin's fanatical is you get in different areas, even within Missouri, and you find that the dynamics of this deer herd behave very different than the dynamics of this deer herd. Same exact thing with turkeys. Mm-hmm. And so these governing laws get thrown out the window. And, and I, I'm always a, a huge non-governing law. They always do this. They do this. It's just, it's not real. It is not, that's not always... These suckers evolve a certain way to become familiar with this food or the optimizing. Mm-hmm. They're all a little bit different personalities. For me, the Mexico farm's a little different than the Herman farm. They're all a little bit different. Ozarks are typically, they're obviously smaller genetically. Um, they're a little more skittish. They're dealing with thermals. You know, it's just a different ball game. That's why there's not a lot of hunting shows of 170 inch deer in the Ozarks. Yeah. Um, every area to the south wants to say that their deer are the most difficult to hunt. Every, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's just different. Mm-hmm. It's just different. It's still, at the end of the day, a deer. Um, trail cameras have taken a lot of the mystery off the mysterious 30-point deer that has existed for 20 years that nobody's been <laughs> able to kill. So you learn a lot through trail cameras. That's what I do. And I become a student, and it's time. There's no shortcuts. I don't think there's any shortcuts in the Ozarks. I think you get your cameras up. Um, for me, what I found is I tried one of Mark's posts. They didn't relate to that as much. Um, I had been pulling down branches for years and years before social media with rubber gloves and that kind of thing. And then I had found, and it, this just has worked for me all over Missouri, is, and maybe this is bad to say this, but I really don't care. If I wet down that scrape area, if I'm making a scrape, I just carry a bunch of empty milk jugs, fill them up with water, just water, and I rake them up so it smells earthy. Mm. And mm. I have just as good a luck with that and, and, and save some money. So I pack a bunch of water in and just keep it moist, especially when it's dry. And then the cameras will show that they'll usually find it pretty quick. I think they've got an unbelievable ability to detect water, honestly. Mm-hmm. So I soak those um, really well. It's not like I'm putting deer urine or something specific into it. And maybe that stuff works great. So I had been pulling down branches and doing that for a long time because you just watch dogs. You watch other animals, and they all do the same type thing. I'm like, okay, so let's amplify that so you clear out. And I, I do go about four or five feet up and about five feet out is mm-hmm. what I try. I found some old cedar posts drilled an inch and a half, angled holes to the top, sunk it in concrete. I would put testosterone. I'd play with things on that. Um didn't seem like it really mattered. If it was in the right area, it did matter. That's the key. Mm-hmm. The key is if they want to be there and you're pulling them five yards, that's easy. If you're pulling them 500 yards to where you are, not so easy. That's one of the things that I found. Put them up, and it definitely seems that they're generational. And I learned something from you guys on that was um, October 6, 2019. You better pay attention to October 6, 2020. If you see it on trail camera, absolutely, there, they, absolutely, they kind of follow those patterns yeah. because it's so hard to discern and put all the pieces together on Ozarks deer because they're not visible. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. you might be able to get to a rare bean field plot and see what's going on in velvet, but they're not visible, um, as visible as northern Missouri and the large blocks of open ag areas for sure. So I try to piece it together with trail cameras and running a bunch of trail cameras. And what I do is a lot the deer if I'm consistently going through a low impact area. And I'm consistently bumping bedding deer. It's like, okay, this is what I let them tell me just by spending time out mm-hmm. there. 
and then I don't penetrate too deep in with trail cameras. I'm really conservative, um, which may be to a detriment, but I will. It's not legal where we are, where we are now to use minerals where my farm yeah. is, yeah. and so I don't I don't do that. But historically, they will repeat this time of the year because I don't have minerals out and they're tearing mm-hmm. everything up right now. So I'll keep cameras on that. I don't do any bait. I don't do anything to entice them. I just let them kind of dictate it. How soon will you put out cameras? In uh, end of July. I don't get wound up just by the way that this particular farm lays. They don't spend that velvet season. The good ones mm-hmm. don't. Um, I'm surrounded by a huge river with river bottoms, and I know that that's most of the deer about a mile and a half away. They're, so when sure. do you start putting out those scrape ropes or whatever? What do you call those? Mock scrapes? It's just the ropes you put out. And Do you put anything on those? Uh, no, not necessarily. I don't. I have before, but I don't see any connection. I personally don't. And I'm not running Dr. Grant data. I'm not. Yeah. I'm just going, this one I lathered in forehead scent, yeah. and I know what it is. And this one I did not. I just hung it up, and they're going bananas on that one. Is that because it's a higher traffic area? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Or, or guess what? All the mature deer are on this one. <laughs> I have no idea why, but they'll find that one. And I've seen that time and time again. Um, when do you start putting those out? Um, August. Okay. I put them out in August. I put them out because, believe it or not, I have found open scrapes the second week of August. As, as a matter of fact, I was doing a Mossio Gamekeeper show on one of the very first Gamekeeper show, and we found one, a fully ripped mm. open, and it was 100 degrees and hot and drippy. Branch was broken off, clearly in velvet, and I'm looking at it, and sure enough, that August scrape translated into the biggest deer we've ever had on the property. That was his mm. turf, and he was there, and that was August. And you could smell the scrape. You could smell yeah. it. Yeah. So I just kept enhancing it. I screwed up, and I learned this from you guys. I screwed up as I played that deer way too safe. I could have killed him in October, but I was so ingrained in this October lull and this yeah. October. They're just moving at night. Trail camera showed I could have killed that deer in mm. October. I did not. I held off to November. Huge mistake. Dead. And now you, with cell cameras, you would have probably adjusted absolutely quick, uh, quicker. I w- and, and, absolutely. And it goes to your point. There are general principles that apply across whitetail, the whitetail world, but there are usually exceptions. Yep. And there are kind of locality specifics that are sometimes contrary to what the general principles are. So I know there's a product. Is it Hodog or Hodag? Or there's a product where they have that rope. Um, What's that guy's name? Uh, Jeremy something? Nice guy. I've met him a few times, and he's got a product that that it's all ready to go. Is it the stick springy thing? No, that's a different guy. Okay. That's a different thing. Uh, this is what the actual rope and what you would need to, you know, attach it and all that stuff. So per our what we saw, the same guy that does the. Um, he uh, helps train the dogs, like uh, shed dogs. Oh, it's not docking, is it? Um, Docking? I don't think so. Super, super informative guy. Talking. A- anyways, it doesn't matter. But podcast. what I what I did learn for sure, um, sounding like I'm from St. Louis for sure, is that thicker rope and that thicker hemp rope mm-hmm. and leaving it outside. I do think there's something to that. And knowing what I did now is I wove that together and it did get caught in the deer's antlers on that yeah. one video. Yeah, we got to make sure we put that up for yeah. this podcast. And so I learned better. a little something. I think zip tying a big fat hemp rope where you can order it, letting it sit outside so it just doesn't smell like a store or something, mm-hmm. even though... I mean, I've had some pretty crazy stuff on, <laughs> I've put crazy stuff and just put cameras to see how they react to it. Some of them very negatively. Some of them, they just don't care. 
I have always looked at dogs like yellow black labs. I've always looked at them. This one is going to work its butt off and be dead serious. This one's a goofball. And I think that's just what I've seen with mature mm. deer yep. is some of them are just kind of dumb after a certain age. And some of them, they, they're edgy and they've been edgy and they're edgy when they're young and they're edgy when they're old. We know guys like that. Yeah. <laughs> but so, so what I'm saying is I don't think there's any all-encompassing things. I think yeah. some are like curious and some – mature deer like nope i'm yeah <laughs> no i'm out of here yeah you know so but i like I said i don't i don't have all the answers but i do think that if i do that again this year i'm going to use the bigger rope just so their antlers don't get caught in it because they related to it heavily last year i mean it was crazy yeah you had some cool videos so um, you know i, I want to do it this year i'm doing those on persimmon trees and i'm doing those on when we clear a plot i'll leave a tree where i know there's high traffic area mm -hmm. it's just like turkey hunting i'm, I'm kind of putting them where they want to be anyway, yeah. making it better, enhancing yeah. it. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think you can, because I've had very bad luck just throwing something like, I want to be here. It's easy for me to get in and easy for me to get out, but the sign's not there, but I can hunt the stand all the time. I'll put That's one tough. of those attractants up and it just doesn't, doesn't play out. Sounds like my spots. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when, well, when you start to really kind of break down and analyze your own hunting spots based on your convenience and maybe your own perception of how that stand has hunted in the past, like that, that's an important thing to do. Cause it's, we are as much as deer are driven by convenience. So are we. Yep. And a lot of times that doesn't, those Venn diagrams don't match up. Well, and to your point, Tim, and I, this is one of the, you know, we're getting so much more educated as a consumer. We're getting so much more educated as a fisherman and especially with the new electronics and the new, the new stuff going on in the fishing world, but also in the hunting world is you're able to combine all of this experience onto something on your phone and mm -hmm. it just leapfrogging. Mm -hmm. But one of the things to your point that I really noticed is when I was younger, I micro focused on a property. And I'm going, well, there's a little hill here and there's a hill here. I can put a stand here. That's the funnel. It's not till you go to Google Earth or DeerCast and you zoom out and go, oh, my property is nothing but a couple steps in this day, this deer's day. Yes. And, and that changed everything mm -hmm. because you hit a lot of bad spots. More macro than micro. Definitely. Definitely. Being able to sit back and go, okay, there's a hundred acre cornfield right here. And there's this, that explains that. Yeah. And that's something we get just a couple of years ago, it was Terra server. You're all day on there trying oh, to yeah, figure yeah. out what's going on on the neighbors. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I think that definitely changes it to your point. I yeah. do. Yeah. Got to get out of our own heads. Yep. Mm -hmm. Well, Tim, should we jump into some, uh, real wild <laughs> clips? Let's go with a real wild clip. So this was from one of your buddies submitted this to us. I <laughs> well, was it Mike? <laughs> someone that you know, at least. Okay. So Did this I is, approve the clip? This is one of these gobblers that I have never encountered. I would love to encounter a turkey like this out hunting, but this is a gobbler attack in uh, suburbia. All right. So let's see this real wild it's clip of the week. Oh, silencer central. And there's a gobbler there on the, grass by a street he's approaching look at that foot he's, and he keeps coming that's not a small gobbler he's probably five feet away from this guy and matt you'll have to help me out with your buddy's name i don't remember offhand but he's trying to drive away and he's got the the phone hanging out the passenger side and this turkey is running along the street running this guy off <laughs> that turkey will not quit Tim, that's unreal. I'll be honest; I don't remember who sent this to me. <laughs> that's all right. We'll we'll put it in the show notes. I'll be honest; that bird's got some hooks too, by the way. Yeah, where is this bird when I'm out turkey hunting? Oh, okay, okay. 
this is Spencer Brown. This 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 guy. He, he uh, he's with uh, Fister Fawcett's, Fist, and they do those American plumbing stories with Craig Morgan. Mm. Yeah, pretty cool. So, anyways, he said he was at a that was a you know some sort of vendor or something. Yeah, and uh, he's like, yeah, this thing just started chasing us. <laughs> he shot yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, he filmed it on his iPhone. So pretty cool. Yeah. The thing, the thing looks like it's seen some activity. Yeah, he is well, an old it's, warrior. Look at it. It's got something stuck in its. It looks no, like it's, it's got, got a, a deformed foot. It does. Look at it. It's but, right foot. It's got a deformed claw there. Check out that spur on that side. That's why he's got the pimp walk. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's humping along there. But the, the interesting thing is, like, if you see that gobbler in the woods and you blink wrong, oh, yeah. sitting yeah, up against an oak tree, yeah. Here you can't gone. get rid of him. Yeah. <laughs> why is that? Yeah, pretty crazy. That drives you nuts. That's well, real wild. Brought to you by Sil Oh, no. Powered by Silencer Central. That's right. Have you messed with silencers or filmed any yes and yes they yeah. were a client one of them was and absolutely love everything pretty about cool. them. love everything about them pretty neat except for the process to get them but the that's, process is well that's where silencer central comes in they have streamlined they streamline the entire it. process yeah mm -hmm. you just kudos to having to go to the government and do all the paperwork you go straight to, to them and they help you every step of the way bless their heart and, and if, even if you have a gun that you can't you know right screw Isn't a silencer threaded? on yeah it's not threaded you could send it in and they thread it that was only like a week and a half two week process where are they located back. South Dakota? South Dakota, I think. Like yeah. 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 So, so do you just have to send the barrel? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you can. You know. There you but go, I Zach. Sent, there you go. Like my rifle. I sent my whole rifle. I would send all of my send, guns. I, honestly, I'd send, send everything in. I mean, I'm sure Mark sent probably three or four, and Terry sent, or, well, four sent one. I sent two, I think. So. I was huge introducing Zach and our kids into hunting on the noise canceling earmuffs because I think that is really what freaks out kids when oh, you yeah. hear my daughter. Mine yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You put them in a blind and have that ported barrel slightly inside, and oh, they, they don't want to go yeah. again. They remember that. It's so a, it's, yeah, they like, sh like shooting a 22. But once you step up for the next one, it's like, that's uh, kind of loud, isn't it? And it's like, oh, let's put the Walker's game ears on. But to, to your point, you add this level to it. Like Brian Weiss, he's a, one of our team members on uh, Critical Mass. Mm -hmm. And he hunts with silencers, silencer central silencers, all over, you know, Nebraska and, you know, I think South Dakota. And yep. he a lot of mule deer hunting. And the guy is an unbelievable shot. Like, it's always a three or 400-yard right. shot that – those guys out west, they are amazing because that's nothing for them. <laughs> I know. You know, and I'm always like 300 Might yards. Well be on like, the moon. <laughs> yeah, like, where oh, where I am, if you can stop see at 300 yards, you, you can't. There's nowhere to even shoot that far. Yeah, you know, if you want to. Yeah. So. Um, I love it. I love the silencers. I think they're the the. I don't, I don't know why or suppressors. I'm yeah, sorry, the go. suppressors. Yeah. So Mike, some parenting advice: if your kids have gotten gun shy. Not if you can, if you can conjure up a mixture of anger and disappointment towards them, oh, yes. that will push them towards performing. <laughs> to, to perform and ultimately coming back in ten years afterwards, Dad, you never loved me. <laughs> no, okay. you didn't deserve it at the time. Yeah, you didn't deserve I've it. I learned to love you. <laughs> you got to work for the love. Jeez, here. it's been tough. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Question of the day. This guy's deal. I don't know. Question of the day is. Uh, from the Rack Pack, actually. All right. So the question of the day is proudly presented by Victory, the Carbon Arrow Experts. It's that time a year where I see guys like Forrest on social media. He's starting to fletch his arrows and everything. And it's so much he, fun. He did a video for us, Far Victory, and I watched it. I had to approve it the other day, and I was like, 
damn, he knows a lot about, <laughs> like, I have zero knowledge on the spine alignment and the degrees on how he turns his fletching and all that. Someday I'll bring the fletching jig, you have in, a jig right? and, yeah. and the arrow saw, and we'll build, we'll build your own arrows here at the studio. Mm-hmm. It's so much fun. You, it's rewarding. Yes. Okay. <laughs> More so when you kill something Sounds with like your own something arrows. Sounds like something I don't have time to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could supervise. That I do have time for. <laughs> I was present when they were built. That That's counts, right. right? I watched it get built. <laughs> it's shaking bacon. I helped. The, years ago, I got really wound up on building my own arrows, but you're kind Ooh, of yeah. touring at the time, and I'm kind of like, yeah, this will work, and I got the jig, and I got everything. And I had hunted um, the entire season, a little bit rough. This is late season. It was really cold, and I was in the tree. There's my arrows in the quiver, and I'm mm-hmm. knocked up. And the All your fletchings are falling off? Literally. <laughs> oh. <laughs> True story. True story. I'm looking down, and it's not what's knocked on. I'm looking down. I'm like, hmm. is that coming up? And I touch it, and it's like, Tink. It was like Cousin Eddie in Christmas Vacation. They all, yeah. And I went to my quiver, and like, dunk. Dunk, dunk. I had all shafts, one fletching stuck on. Got some bad glue. Yeah, so <laughs> there might be some knowledge on that part because yeah. I learned There's a, a lesson. learning curve. There's a learning curve. <clears throat> Very rewarding, though, man. So, yeah, I'll take your word for it. So what's the question? Who's got the question this uh, this week? Joey Mitch. All right, so Joey Mitch, he's uh, brought in from the Rack Pack. Are you in the Rack Pack, our little Facebook I'm sure I am. Group? Yeah. positive. Mm-hmm. I think you I'm are, leading, He is. I'm the leading racker. This. <laughs> I'm a real packer. Yeah, I'm a real packer. <laughs> Take it south, Matt. <laughs> All right, so he says, who was the original narrator for the Bo Madness show? Okay, okay. I, I, <laughs> I replied to his question in the Rack Pack, but for, for all you losers that aren't in the Rack Pack, we'll just tell you the answer. So his name is Mark Dotson. And uh, he, the crazy part, this guy was a character. Yep. And and you commented, or you sent me a you sent me a text after you saw that in the rack pack, and you sent a, um, a I guess it was a video. It maybe. was a little video. So, anyways, I didn't know you had worked with him also. years ago. Oh. Years ago. So, so he's a voiceover guy. He's, you know, you. So at the time, we put out a a. a you know, and I don't even know where we would have could have been Craigslist at the time. For all I know, I don't remember where we put the listing the out there for a uh, voiceover guy. Mm-hmm. And we had just switched. We at the we started the first few years. It was a, at the time the editor's wife uh, that was working on the show. She was doing it, and we parted ways. And so we needed a new voiceover guy. And I wanted to go the exact opposite direction. I wanted a more gritty. Kind of deeper in a world that, where that's this guy. That's it, that is this guy. That is this guy. That's right. You've From, literally heard him thousands of times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the cool part is he also voiced. Uh, it says here, Salacious B. Crumb, the Kowakian monkey lizard that's owned by little... Jabba the Hutt. Oh man. Okay. Is that? Oh, Joe's. Because I got a version of that too. He he, he uh, framed up a picture for us. Uh, the studio guys here. So he was in Star Wars. He also worked. Uh, he also voiced. This says uh, Ewoks and Gremlins. So he was in the Gremlin movies. He right. was. I mean, this guy. Now that's some of the kind of the off the wall stuff. Because he, I saw in your video that you sent me to come up with the voices for Star Wars. He just came in, and the producer just said, "Do twenty minutes of strange." You know, weird, like odd a monkey sound. lizard voice. Yeah, just right. do just gibberish, really. And he just did a bunch of weird voices, and the producer or whatever cut them together 
far the voice of that character. <laughs> but in general, he had an unbelievable voice, real Absolutely. gritty, dark, kind of Marlboro, you know, yep. sound like he smoked, which he did. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He had a few personal demons in his life, but he Who was, doesn't? he was a character. He was a character. Well, yeah, lights out reading the stuff. Yeah. It sounded great. Everybody wants his voice too. Yeah. That, it, that to me is the lesson of the kid that gets maybe picked last on the playground for kickball that totally succeeds. He was over there doing all the weird voices all the time and crushes it because I think we used him for a big motor company and he came in and bang, 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 nailed it out and just, oh, you want a little more inflection, you know? Yeah. God, that guy's a master. Yeah. Yeah. He's very talented. I didn't even realize that he did your stuff. I mean, yeah. Yeah. For years, he was the Bo Madness uh, voiceover guy for years. It got to a point where we were kind of struggling to get him to, to send mm. in in a mm. timely fashion. And we yeah. were always probably distracted by star Wars. We were always late <laughs> on our deadlines. <laughs> so it was like, yeah. all right, we can't be late on our deadline and be waiting on this voiceover. Yeah, that's so, tough. Yeah. But be so careful. The we, kid you pick on at school could become a monkey lizard at some point in his future. A gremlin, Tim. Mm-hmm. Hey, kudos to him. Yeah. Incredible work. Pretty cool. So yeah, look him up. Mark Dotson. So cool try guy. technically, Drury Outdoors got him started. No, no, Star Wars <laughs> was first. Maybe there would be Star, a Wars. Star Wars without Drury Outdoors. <laughs> Certainly, I'm a fan. <laughs> My son and I like them. <laughs> All right, what's next? Wildlife word. It's brought to you by the Sportsman Channel. Your home for Winchester and Drury's natural-born and earthing red, wild, and blue. All right. Okay. We're out in the woods this time of year, hanging stands putting trail cameras out and trying to avoid ticks. A lot of us use permethrin to treat our gear and our clothing. Permethrin, the insect and tick uh, pesticide used to treat clothing and gear, is based off of a compound in this naturally occurring item. Is it A, chrysanthemums, B, June bug exoskeletons, C, praying mantis saliva, or D, wolf spider venom? Well, I was at the guess go first so I don't look silly. I think I know this. I think I know this. Wow. Uh, on the count of three. I feel Just like we should be letter. standing up. Okay. Count one, of three. One, two, three. Hey. Hey, look at us. We did better than the double kill. Remember when we counted <laughs> the double kill and you pulled it a little bit quicker? Well, didn't we have a couple huh. doubles? We did. We had two. Yeah. Man, so I had two. On two. So he would. We yeah, exactly. He goes, let's count it down. I'm going to count down three, <laughs> two, pull, boom. Pull. You <laughs> would count. I would shoot. We should ask <laughs> Bennett. Three, two, boom. <laughs> so we had one. We would always plan these photo shoots around spring turkey season so that we could then turkey hunt together. It's a work trip. So uh, we shot Kilmer. Remember, we went out with Kilmer on one of his farms one year. And Kilmer is such a character. <laughs> <laughs> He, he pulled up. He had at the time this van, <laughs> and it was as bad as it sounds. And it was uh, just no seats in it. There was a bucket for the passenger side, and nothing in the back. And pulls up, and he's like a half hour late, <laughs> you know. And you, you open the door, like we'll drive. <laughs> no, we got no seriously. You can see the floor. You can see the ground. Yeah, we'll we'll drive today. But yeah, we doubled up there. And then another time, Chris Comstock yep. and. Uh, Dylan, the camera Dylan. guy, Dylan, was working for Terry at that time. And, and, and that was the year of the reaping. That was the year of the fan. That's when we first, hey, this is working. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Because we were out in the open. Yeah, we were on a field there on Terry's property, and it was freshly planted maybe beans or something. And Yes. And uh, a couple, you know, three or four long beards came up, 
and you had the fan and yep. I was packing the bloody fan because I think your dad killed one the day before, maybe. Oh, fresh maybe fan. so. It was very. And fluff. we just put our guns through them, and we did. We weren't like creeping after them. We were against mm-hmm. the timber there, but you they, like a little. Yeah, blind. it totally worked. I mean, they come screaming in. They did. They did not have. It, that was like, whoa, that's legit. It was a pretty hunt. Fun. I knew about the fan and stuff for a super long time, but it feels like okay, let's be the dumb guy, put that on the tombstone. Yeah, we're gonna poof this out and go after them. Yeah, but we didn't go after them. We just had sat to there. sit right there and yeah. poofed it out. That was all it took. And they went. They were locked. They were kind of locked up at a hundred. They're kind of milly and yeah. snapped that thing out. You, you they started just, doing that yep. with yeah, with your hand. We just kind of playing. You called them in with it, and they just dead run. And then we three two'd them. <laughs> Man, <laughs> as long as you both shoot early, it's no big deal. Hey, they're both dead. Yeah, <laughs> they did. You, you, I was the lesser of the shot, <laughs> so, meaning I'm not as good. So <laughs> let me go first. You hit the runner. <laughs> that was fun. Bat and clean up. <laughs> That's right. So we well, had some good times. Well, you guys were both right on that, by the way. Well, of course, chrysanthemum extract. So I knew this. This is nerdy. Actually, through a client. Through. Can I say thermosel? Sure great product great it heats it up and i'm like what is that why are we sniffing poison what yeah. is that and they the biologist explained what it is and i'm like that works one for them chrysanthemum i gotta plant those chrysanthemum and then the permethrin okay. well you know for that dogs. does seem a little more toxic than the thermos it does doesn't it i don't know i use it. it don't drink it don't yeah. inject it put it on your skin it tastes like no garbage <laughs> so. the first time i sprayed that i was doing my turkey hunting it paint. works though it oh, works boy. great yeah it rose in the and real tall ceiling in the uh, where I was spraying it, and I was starting to feel stuff in my hair on my it back. Misting? Is no, it was the moths up in the lights oh, dying, dying and falling on me. Holy and I'm like, crap, that's legit. Put it outside. First <laughs> no, we should have done this outside. Yeah, wow. we should have done it outside. <clears throat> All right, dang. All right, Tim, what's next? You like to think about a bunch of praying mantises getting like harvested for their saliva, milking mm, them, milking here. mantises. <laughs> All right, Danny Cash on Facebook, he uh, he just joined the Rack Pack. He said, I like how casual but still informative the episodes are. Also, how Matt and Tim are modest about what they know and how much more they have to learn. So he's saying what they don't know and how they like <laughs> to talk about what they don't know, <laughs> which <right>. is honest. <laughs> Tom, you know, Tom Ware was telling me that yesterday. It was He called me up. So we had to go over some stuff, and he was like, you know, I, I listen to your podcast when I go for walks every day. He goes, I really get a kick out of how you guys just kind of make fun of yourselves <laughs> and what you don't know. It's yeah. like, Thanks, Tom. We can't, we can't pretend. We're not sophisticated enough to pretend. I can't act. Doesn't do any good to pretend. And there are plenty of people who do pretend. So shout, well, out, I, shout out to Tom Ware because he's the man. He's he does a killing machine. Stuff. Holy cow. That I think that you're dead on, and I think that is why it's relatable. And if I I call it the the archery shop um, mentality, is there's two people that are talking about bow hunting, and then as soon as you put the the table in between where they're behind the archery counter, then all of a sudden they're the master. You guys don't come across like that. It's just visiting and telling old stories. Pretty pretty evident when you don't kill anything. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I'll take the meat back. I didn't realize I was hitting. No, no, we need it. Do you have any more, by the way? Yeah. <laughs> sure. This is the year, Tim. We're changing it. Let's, well, we, what I find funny is t- in the rack pack, everybody acts like we've never killed anything. And I'm like, it was one crappy year. <laughs> Two bumbling I idiots. I killed three the year before, three the year before that. It's like, come on. I'm like, it's right. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, year. didn't you have a great year? It was it's been a while. 
Now it was two years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, they've been good years. The the difference is, I think, that there aren't very many people in the outdoor media space who are as openly frank about their struggles Uh, as we are. It's like uh, Adam Wainwright, good buddy. Mm. You know, we were talking about him earlier. Having a horrible season. Just a a pitiful (laughs) season. He's 42. (laughs) <laughs> All right. And he's already said he's retiring this year. Something's going on with his shoulder. He's having a shitty year. So everybody's lighting him up. It's like, well, the guy had 20, you know, don't or eight, himself. 17 other great seasons. <laughs> you know, it's, but it's you're only as good as that last it, one. That's man. American yeah. social media that's right, right there. Yeah. So, well, let's just focus on that. We had great turkey seasons. Yes. So we're, we're already starting the year off with a bang. 100%. Have you guys had a bunch of turkeys this year? We did. Ours bounced back too. We Last did. year was great. I saw and heard a lot. Okay. Same. Good. Same. So, all right. Uh, last but not least, we're going to welcome in some new Rack Pack members. You are a member because yep. you've seen these posts. That we're I, talking I'm about. the guy. You're I the love guy. the rack. Yeah, thank you. The racks and great. the pack. Huh. The band, the pack. <laughs> I'm that guy. I need a shirt. I love the rack. And then on the back, it says mostly the pack. <laughs> done we need to get rack pack branded fanny packs oh that's where you went too far i don't know that that's a seller rack pack fanny pack that nylon real shiny nylon it's a, it's blue, a fanny pack blue. it just says rack and then it's on a pack that's a yeah, it's gold jerry <laughs> all right so every week i list out some new names that tim provides me every week there's a fake name on here all right we got Range then draw. I think we're starting with the fake name this week. Jaron uh, Johnson, Danny Nash, Archie Felder. Archie spelled oddly. Archie. Okay. Scott Shively, Peter Gazinga, 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 Bazinga. Taylor Lee, Titus. Diner, Titus, that's a you name. You say these names like they're questions. <laughs> they're all questions Matt for me. Drury. <laughs> Kevin McKim, he's got two names, um, two first names. <laughs> Isaiah. I, Isaiah. I never trust anyone with two first names. Yeah. Isaiah Brom. Oh, Isaiah. Got through him. Thanks, guys. Okay, I think range then draws the, the fake name. Yeah, it's legit. It was actually Danny Nash. <laughs> I'll never get old, Tim. Sorry. Or funny. <laughs> Either. Yes. Mike, how do people follow you on social? Oh, oh Great boy. Outdoors hmm. Studios like, on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I don't run social. it. I don't pay attention to great it. Great Outdoor Studio on Instagram. Great Outdoor Studios on Instagram. I think it's Michael Engelmeyer, Great Outdoor Studios on Facebook. And then, of course, there's MJ Inge. E-N-G-I-E. Your personal. Yeah, that's yeah. personal. And then uh, just my name. Michael Engelmeyer on Facebook. Okay. They're all kind of Good the same luck things. with the Engelmeyer spelling. Yeah. As it, Tim butchered it on our show. Great sheet. Outdoors is the e- easiest. But um, we try to actually, we, we rebelled against it for so long because you're too busy actually doing work. and um, But now we're making active efforts just to put stuff up over the I, years. You we'll know, probably 10 years short. Yeah, <laughs> just 10 years off. Lance Kruger <laughs> said the same up. thing when we had him on a few months back because he's, he's a professional photographer mm-hmm. and he resisted giving away his content on social but but came to the realization that this is where everyone is right 
So it just makes sense to have a presence. There. We're a little stuck, and I love Lance's deer pictures. They're gorgeous, and they're giants, too. He, he shoots some great deer. But we're a little bit stuck because contractually, we really can't show anything. Yeah, for sure, yeah. Especially on some of the top secret stuff. Yeah. So we it might read two years. Mm. And then, like, I'm going to go, wait a minute, time out. There's a picture from two years ago. we got to dig through the hard drives and pull it out. So one, during the slow time, uh, Sandy that works for me, it was a, we, we just started paying attention, like, oh, that's some cool stuff and you kind of pull stuff mm -hmm. and set it in the queue and and um just to get it out there if anything just to remember and and we have enough family and people that like looking at it i think you'd be better off if it was more not about your end product it was more about you meaning following the shoots the behind the scenes stuff the which i, I know sometimes you can't show right. what you're shooting but you would still be able to show behind the scenes stuff and you know get dig into maybe some of the gear and the you know the settings and you know you're going to hit a niche obviously of the type of person but i think you'd be better off showcasing the personality than the imagery and the imagery is just kind of a byproduct right i think that you're probably right there's some weird there's a weird humility at play, I think, of being cut from the old school as the guy sits in front and talks on a podcast. But is it's just sometimes I, I go into a zone, so it's like they shoot all that yeah, things all the gotta time. You've got to have somebody, you know, Zach, somebody that's <laughs> yeah, following taking a you. selfie. Of yeah. So, you you like, have somebody this. following you around and just kind of shooting it. You right. Know, so. And they do. And there is because we get to do really, really cool stuff. And we have a lot of it. It's just at some point there's a decision that needs to be made for me going, you know what? Today I want to show me. And I'm a little, it's just a little weird. Oh, I get it. it, it but you're I, a character. Well. People I, people like characters. They like following characters and you're a character. I'm not so sure. <laughs> what was our text message the other day? What were we talking about? <laughs> Somehow, I'm not going to get into it. You throw up his B-roll. Oh, you're like, oh, gee, thanks. Probably. <laughs> I called you. <laughs> what was it? About meth. <laughs> oh. Do you look like you're on meth? Because <laughs> you're so skinny. That's nice. He goes, oh, gee, thanks. Is this a backhanded yeah. compliment? It, just it comes was from, not even a compliment. No, it, it just, just comes from left field right there. I'm like, yeah, I didn't you look like you had a tapeworm. Nice job. I basically said it was going to be it a was, very different podcast. He's going to come in here and drop the hammer. It was a lot of, lot of hatred. With, it was done with love. I can tell you that. Let me, let me, a, lot, <laughs> a lot of love. I'm pretty sure it was done with love. Huh. Let's see here. Uh, oh, geez, thanks. Tim Sylvia left in here. Dang. I'm not sorry. No, no, no. Uh, I don't know. They're always many, entertaining. I will say too, that too many, too many to go back on here. Well, we are. While you're looking for that, we are oh. on a march to hit 2,000 oh. rack pack members. I always thought you had a skinny mouth look about you. you go, oh. gee, thanks. Oh. <laughs> yeah, where are you supposed to go with that? Yeah. Gee, thanks. Uh, the conversation stopped for a while. Yeah. Quiet. I was over there licking my wounds. Yeah, that'll do that. Then anger built up. <laughs> so you roll the cameras when you see the tundra pull up. It's gonna get. It's gonna if, go down. If you get a compliment from any of the Drury's, you just know there's something in there. Well, there's gonna be a hook on the end of it. There's gonna be a hook on the end. It doesn't end there. Something. We have a friendship. <laughs> that's just that. That happens with Mark and Terry. So we're just talking like butts. Right? Exactly. We commonly joke to refer to each other as meth addicts, and <laughs> it's part of the deal. Hey. That means true love, Matt. That's, that's right. What, that's what that is. That's right. Well, now we've just alienated like 90% of our audience who mm. does meth. Yeah. <laughs> and listen to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I hey, don't think so. It's a safe oh, space. I, I don't think so, Jim. Hey, I, I don't agree with anything these guys are saying. <sighs> well, this is a joy. Sorry. 
I appreciate. Honestly, I do appreciate being involved. You guys are doing great things. Dude, it's great I'm always doing great things. Yeah, um, thanks for submitting all the real wild clips that you have. The coyote yeah, like we get a lot of social media content from Mike. I've got a ton. Like I, sometimes I send that. It, yeah. it just sits there. You, you, you guys are more than welcome. Some of it I think is really super interesting. Now he's sending it to his son because his son's doing the social media for was it James River Archery? James River Archery yeah, down in Springville. Give phenomenal, him a phenomenal so, archery shop. Yeah. Give them a follow. They are. Awesome. Chris and the guys, Matthews, huge. So, Great shop. So check it out. Okay. All right. All right. Well, that's all. Thank you, buddy. next time. And where we're, we're off to tonight. Morgan Wallen, right? Wasted on you. <laughs> I know no songs from that. <laughs> You'll find out. Like he's a good guy. You'll find out. Next week, we're going to have uh, one of Mark's farm managers, Perry Batten, on with us. So Perry's the man. I got a pretty in. funny story about Perry's. And uh, I think we're gonna Ooh. we're gonna like to dig into Parents this one. Parents is gonna get it. It has a expensive. It was expensive. This this story is expensive. Wait. Can't right. wait. Be sure to tune in. All right. Till next time. Peace out. Thank you. DeerCast is now supercharged with maps. Get ahead of your game with killer new features like live Doppler radar, wind checkout to five days, virtual rain gauges, GPS path tracking, and more. Plus, get our 14-day revolutionary DeerCast prediction and access to DeerCast track. Prep, predict, and pursue with DeerCast.